Welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, today I wanna to take a little bit of time talking about asking, is your faith truly your faith? Or are you being carried along? Now, this is a long-going discussion I've been having with, with some friends about church membership and attendance and things like this. Now, of course, I'm an advocate of finding a good church that you can join and, and engaging in Christian fellowship. But there's times when you simply cannot find a good church. And we find more crazy horror stories out and about in this world than we find good, solid believers in a lot of cases. Now, you will never find a perfect church. But what we started to get into is the discussion of the book that he's working on, which is really about, it's, it's really about pro-fellowship, but asking where can you get the fellowship at? And as we were discussing this, he's carrying forward the idea of the, of the incubation period I've talked about in several of my books already. <clears throat> and that incubation period is this period of time when you truly are saved, but you really, it doesn't really look like it as much. Now, I'm going to reject this, this, uh, this concept that it was pushed out by either the Navigators or Campus Crusade, I forget which group, a number of years ago, that basically is like, you know, you can have Jesus be your Savior, but not the Lord of your life. And it's okay if he's never the Lord of your life. I completely reject that idea. My apologies for the wind. It's a very windy day. Um, but I completely reject that idea because if, if you are a Christian, the defining point of a Christian is, are you obeying Christ? Are you living like Christ? Are you living for Christ? Are, is Christ actually the Lord of your life? So yes, I would adhere to Lordship salvation. What we're talking about here, though, is this period of time that just because you were saved yesterday, for example, doesn't mean you're immediately this holy and sanctified person. There's a period of time. For me, it was about three or four years where I kind of dabbled in both parts of the world. I truly, genuinely was saved and truly was genuinely trying to learn about God, but I was completely ignorant in how to live my life before God. Now, if you have amazing, great fellowship, that period of time shrinks down as you're learning a whole lot more about who God is. But if you're in a modern church that's very soft and very shallow and doesn't really encourage intense Bible study or knowledge on theology or, or really, truly digging into and discussing the matters of faith, on a deep level in your life, you're going to stay a shallow and immature Christian for your life. And there's several verses, there's some in, in Corinthians, there's some in Hebrews about, you know, you should, you should be mature, but we have to teach you the elementary basic things. And that's oftentimes how I feel going into a lot of modern American churches where they're so shallow that there's not a lot of in-depth stuff. And for this reason, what he was kind of saying and, and describing there is, He's not a huge advocate of running off into a church as soon as you're saved. And you say, whoa, heretic. No, let me explain myself and, uh, and explain what his position was as we, as we devils advocated each other left and right, asking a lot of fascinating questions. And it kind of boils down to this. Okay, the first principle is, what is a good Bible-believing church? That's what you hear. You're handed a chick track, you know, you know turn or burn, and uh, you're going to, you know, repent. You get to the end of that chick track, and it says, now you got to read your Bible and find a good church. Well, what's a good church? I came to Christ in the middle of word, faith, nonsense, and the first church I attended after that was a Catholic church. 
you know, what's a good church? I called my mentor up. I'm like, I, I went to church today. He's like, great. How was it? I said, are you supposed to feel worse? Like, Where, where'd you go? It's like, oh, this, this, you know, Catholic church here. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, they don't actually teach the things that we teach in Christ. Um, I didn't know that. You know, and there's so many aberrations coming up. You know, I don't know what a good Bible-believing church is. All I remember is those guys with those Bibles coming and knocking on the door. They just knocked on my door yesterday. It must be from God. I just got saved. I'm thinking about a church. I get some people coming up to my church, to my door. They got a Bible in their hand. They say, come to the kingdom hall. That's a cult, by the way. Jehovah's Witness. Oh, uh, maybe, uh, I want to find some younger guys. Those, those kingdom hall people, they're just a little bit too old. So, you know, those guys with the with the white shirts and the black pants and the red ties. They're young people with Bibles. Let's go follow them. Sure, the Latter-day Saints church is going to love it having you as an attendee. It's a cult. And the fact of the matter is there's good churches, there's bad churches, and there's churches that aren't really churches. So to tell somebody who's just saved, oh, just go and find a good church, is causing more damage to their life than if you just went out and, you know, took some time to learn on your own. Now, the thing is, is that I'm a very academic person. I can sit down and read a textbook and learn something. Not everybody's like that. But the fact of the matter is, and, and what my friend's position is, is it's best when you first become saved to spend a little bit of time yourself in intense study of the Word. And this is what he's been doing as a young man. He's not listening to a lot of commentaries. He's not listening to a lot of other things. Now, he's listening to some good pastors that, that I said, yes, these are good pastors. But for the most part, he's sitting down. He is cracking open letters in the New Testament and reading them all the way through and taking notes and figuring out what it means by doing some simple analysis and navigation through the Bible itself. And that's really the, the advocated point here. When you are truly saved, you have a hunger and a thirst for the Word of God. You know, it was at Psalm 52, as the deer pants for the water brooks, O Lord, my soul pants for you. A truly saved believer will have a longing to get into the Word of God. When you are saved, and, and this was me, I, it was nine, ten months before I attended a church after I, after I became saved. In fact, the, the first church I, I went to started going consistently wasn't until I think it was 10 or 11 months later I, is when I started going to church on a regular basis. But every night I was sitting down there and cracking open my Bible. Was I not a believer because I wasn't going to local church? No, I want to know what the Bible said before I would go and listen to what somebody else would have to say. I wanted to understand what the scriptures actually teach. And that's what the important point is. When you are first saved, outside of some cases, we do not necessarily advocate you run off and find a church right away. Now, I wrote down here in my notes, though, another interesting and, and fascinating point. And uh, if I can actually unlock my phone. There we go. So if we have to be carried along by church membership, we are more subjects of peer pressure and less subject to Christ. And that's an important point. Okay, if the entire excitement we have about Christ is by going to church, we're in peer pressure. Peer pressure should never direct our life, whether it's positive peer pressure or negative peer pressure. It is Christ at the center of a redeemed person that brings you that. Now, I want to look at 
one section of scripture. Now this is more related to a mature Christian, not an immature Christian, but it's just one of these points. I just wanted to kind of wrap up uh, 2 Timothy and uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 9, make every effort to come to me soon. For Damas has loved the present world and has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Uh, Creations has gone to Galatia. Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Pick up Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for service. All right, so he's basically the uh, overarching. This is the last letter he wrote before he died, shortly before he died. And as he's, as he's um, writing this, he is pretty much left alone. Very, very few people are there. And the point here is that he still had Christ at the center of his life. And that is what the important part is. Christ must reside at the center of our life in order for us to truly, truly be saved. And if Christ is the center of your life, you will hunger and thirst for the Word of God. And you should take the time to learn the Word of God, even independent from a congregation. And then, once you know what is true, what is not, when you have that basic discernment that comes with knowing something about the Scripture, then you can find a good, decent Christian fellowship. Now, I will say as an end note here that if you happen to have very good, very sound believers that you already completely know and trust, absolutely, starting your Christian fellowship earlier is better. But you should still be relying more on your own personal Bible study than on other things so that you are not carried away into peer pressure. So that's what I want to say on this daily walk. Let me know your thoughts in the comments down below. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.